Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies. This episode of Pardes from Jerusalem features Rabbi Michael Hatton and Parashat Balak. Five days, 28 class options, and one memorable summer learning experience. The Pardes Learning Seminar, Summer 2021, is online this year from July 4th to July 8th. Cultivating Courage and Resilience, Chazak Ve'ematz. Be sure to get more information at www.pardes.org.il forward slash seminar. Communal leaders, professionals, lifelong learners, and most importantly, you. Join us today. And now, here is Rabbi Michael Hatton. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pardes Parsha podcast. This is Michael Hatton in Jerusalem. And this week in Parshat Balak, we will be considering the strange episode of Bilam's donkey. In last week's Parsha of Chukat, we read about the remarkable Israelite victory over Sichon and Og, the tyrannical Amorite kings who held sway over the Transjordan from the southern Dead Sea all the way up to the northern Hermon Range. With the triumph, the people of Israel secured and began to settle the lands east of the Jordan River. The kingdom of Moab felt even more threatened by the Israelite tribes now at their doorstep. The people of Moab and their king Balak joined league with the nomadic Midianites, having abandoned any hope of successfully engaging the Israelites in battle. They opted for a more supernatural approach: the imposition of a deadly curse upon Israel by the well-known eastern seer known as Bilam. Bil'am hailed from the town of Pitor, on the banks of the distant Euphrates. He was a well-known personality in the occult circles of the region. His curses and blessings were very effective. Not only did they gain him a unique reputation, but they also provided him with a substantial and steady source of income. He was eager to answer the call of Balak and his Midianite henchmen, but also conscious of his own limitations. Bil'am inquired of God and requested his permission for the mission, but God's response was inconclusive. That which I shall shall say to you, you shall do. Bimidbar chapter 22, verse 20. Although Bil'am saddled his ass and accompanied Balak's messengers, he provided them with no guarantees. In the most peculiar encounter which followed, an invisible angel of God three times barred the path of Bil'am's donkey, each time with greater menacing effect. But Bil'am was dumb to the vision of the beast, impatient With its increasing reluctance to proceed, he struck the animal harshly. Finally, 
God, in an event without parallel in the Tanakh, granted the donkey the power of speech, and its protests to Bil'am were succeeded by the revelation of the angel to Bil'am's senseless eyes. Warning him not to stray from God's orders, the angel allowed Bil'am to proceed, and finally he arrived at the border of Moab. In the passages that follow, Bil'am tries mightily to curse Israel, but time and time again he is forced instead to bless them. Balak, his patron, is terribly disappointed, but Bil'am is powerless to alter the course. As the Parsha unfolds, Bil'am and those around him come to the unmistakable conclusion neither incantations nor magic can affect the destiny of the people of Israel, for their fate is in God's hands alone. It is significant to note that alone among all of the parshiot of Sefer Bimidbar, Parshat Balak does not contain a single law or mitzvah, whether provisional or eternal. In its 104 verses, there is nothing except the story, the narration of one episode in the life of the people Israel, describing an oblique encounter that takes place indirectly between them and and Bil'am, who telekinetically seeks their harm. What might be the significance of Bil'am's encounter with the angel? Why does God grant Bil'am permission to accompany the Moabite and Midianite messengers only to then bar his path with the vision of the angel? Why does God bestow upon the beast the ability to sense the presence of that angel, but withholds that ability from Bil'am? How are we to understand the opening of the donkey's mouth so that it might converse with the seer before God's angel is revealed. Let us begin by briefly reviewing the relevant verses. Bimidbar chapter 22, verses 21 through 35. Bilam arose in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the ministers of Moab. The Lord was angry that he was going, so God's angel stood on the way to oppose him. For he was riding on the donkey while his two lads accompanied him. The donkey saw the angel of God standing in the way with outstretched sword in hand. It turned aside from the path to instead walk in the field, and Bil'am struck the donkey to direct it back upon the way. The angel of God then stood in the path between the vineyards with a fence of stones on either side. The donkey saw the angel of God and pressed against the wall, crushing Bilam's leg, and he hit it again. The angel of God proceeded once more to pass in front, this time standing at a narrow point, with no passage to the right or to the left. The donkey saw the angel of God and sat down under Bilam, and Bilam became very angry and struck the donkey with a stick. God then opened the mouth of the donkey and it said to Bilam, What have I done to you, so that you have struck me these three times? 
Bilam responded to the donkey, for you have made sport of me. If I had a sword in hand, then I would surely kill you now. But the donkey said to Bilam, am I not your donkey that you have ridden upon from your youth until this very day? Have I ever been inclined to act this way? And he said, no. God then opened the eyes of Bilam so that he saw the angel of God standing on the way with his sword outstretched, and he knelt and bowed upon his face. The angel of God said to him, Why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have gone forth to oppose you, for the way is twisted before me. The donkey saw me and turned aside from before me these three times. Had she not done so, I would have now killed you and preserved her. Bilam said to the angel of God, I have sinned, for I knew not that you stood before me on the way. And now if it is evil in your sight, then I will return home. The angel of God said to Bilam, Go with the men, but you shall only speak that which I shall tell you to say. And Bilam went with the ministers of Balak. There are, it seems, three separate parts to the episode. In the first section, the donkey sees the angel of God three times and reacts by displaying progressively more reluctance to proceed. This is a direct function of the angel's increasingly more threatening postures, for by the third vision, he places himself squarely in her path so that she can neither pass to the right nor to the left. We must take note of the fact that the verse told us that Bilam was accompanied by two servant lads who are also apparently oblivious to the vision of the angel. In the second section, God bestows upon the beast the power of speech and she uses her newfound ability to protest her innocence. Significantly, she makes no mention of the angel that she has seen, but only indicates that her behavior is atypical and not indicative of disloyalty. And finally, in the third section, Bilam is granted revelation of the sight of the angel when he expresses regret, pleads his ignorance, and offers to turn back. He is allowed to proceed. It is most reasonable to adopt the reading of the Ramban, he suggests that some of the miraculous elements of the encounter, such as the donkey's vision of the angel and the subsequent revelation of the angel to Bil'am, do not occur in corporeal and sensory reality, but rather unfold in the mind's eye and heart and the soul's sense. But these experiences are no less real even though the Ramban will, will shear them of their material trappings. He explains to chapter 22, verse 23, The angels of God are spiritual intellects. They cannot be perceived with physical sight, for they have no bodies. When they appear to the prophets or to those that possess the Holy Spirit, they are perceived by the intelligent soul that an angel might be seen by the eyes of a beast is impossible. Therefore, one can explain when the text says that the donkey saw the angel of God, it only means that she sensed something threatening that would not let her pass, namely the angel. When the Creator miraculously allowed her to speak, she said to Bil'am, Have I ever been inclined to act this way? 
but she did not understand why she had acted in that way, for it had been forced upon her. For that reason the donkey never said, Behold, an angel stood before me with outstretched sword, for her perception was not able to know that at all. Although the Ramban adopts the tradition of some of the sages that the donkey actually spoke audible and intelligible words, there are those who disagreed. Rav Sa'ad Yaga'on, and especially the Rambam, Maimonides, understood that the conversation with Bil'am, like the other aspects of the episode, took place as a prophetic vision. Rambam, Guide to the Perplexed, Section 2, Chapter 42, and not an actual conversation. If so, then all of the miraculous elements of the encounter are not to be taken literally. According to these commentaries, then, Bilam saddled his donkey in the morning and proceeded on his way, accompanied by the ministers of Moab and his two attendants. The donkey sensed some sort of danger and did not want to go on. Bilam struck her in response, but to no avail. He then heard her protests in his mind's eye, realizing himself that her conduct was uncharacteristic but unable to explain it. Only then did God reveal the angel to him in order to indicate in no uncertain terms his displeasure at Bil'am's misguided enthusiasm to take, to take up Balak's lucrative offer. Chastened Bil'am then prepared to turn back, but God now allowed him to go on, making it clear that he intended to make use of his reputation and his abilities to glorify rather than to vilify Israel among the nations. This approach has many important advantages, chief among them that we are no longer puzzled by the Torah's failure to relate the reaction of the Moabite observers or the attendant lads to what must surely have been, if understood literally, an unbelievable sight. Did they not hear the donkey speak? Did they not see the revelation of the angel to Bil'am? According to the Rambam, the answer is a resounding no. All they saw was a rather stubborn beast and an even more agitated master. The donkey refused to go, and Bil'am struck it harder still. They did not hear its impassioned words to Bil'am. They did not hear its heartfelt protests of no wrongdoing, nor did they hear Bil'am's response of rage. They did not see the angel and its outstretched sword, nor hear his threatening warnings to the seer. All they saw was a man lost deeply in thought, a look of anger and then terror on his face, followed by what appeared to be a sudden and swift change of heart. But then Bil'am became calm, and his brow unfurrowed as the donkey steps became sure again. With a reassuring glance at Balak's alarmed ministers and his own servant lads, he motioned them to go forward. All is right, he told them. I have a good feeling about this mission. Of course, Bil'am's own lack of astonishment 
at the sound of his donkey engaging him in lively conversation is also rendered comprehensible by these commentaries approach. The donkey did not employ speech in the conventional sense, but only triggered troubling thoughts that percolated through the seer's mind, making him ill at ease. Now, according to the Rambam, surely it was God who inspired those thoughts, emphasizing to Bilam, as well as to his impatient cohorts, the folly of the scene. Why would his loyal and trustworthy animal suddenly rebel, if not to indicate that something had gone terribly awry? It is important to bear in mind that nowhere in the text is Bil'am described as a prophet. The one time the text does give us a description of his profession, it is to refer to him as a diviner or kosem. As for Bilam, the son of Beor, the diviner, the people of Israel killed him by the tip of the sword, reports the account in Yehoshua chapter 13. The campaign against the Midianites took place subsequent to our Parsha in Bimidbar chapter 31. Kesem, or divination, in modern Hebrew it means magic, is one of the occult practices that was widely practice in the ancient world, but forbidden in the Torah emphatically. Deuteronomy chapter 18 verses 9 to 13 reports, When you enter the land that God your Lord gives to you, you shall not learn to do the abominations of these nations. There shall not be found among you one who passes his son or daughter through the fire. A diviner, a soothsayer, an augur, or a sorcerer, one who casts spells, or one who consults ghosts or familiar spirits, or inquires of the dead. For anyone who does these things is abominable to God. It is because of these abominations that God your Lord drives them out from before you. You must be wholehearted with your Lord, with God your Lord. All of the idolatrous and cultic practices outlined in the passage above were employed throughout the ancient world by expert and layman alike in order to predict future events and to plan accordingly. Overwhelmed by life's many unknowns, ancient human beings attempted to exert some control over their fate by gaining a glimpse into the future, by influencing the course of events through magic, by establishing a connection with the spirits so that they might assist those who were most talented at mastering these skills wielded special power over the masses they won their allegiance by instilling fear and trepidation with their otherworldly powers but the torah outlawed all of these false and irrational activities all at once freeing the Israelites from having to fear the forces beyond their understanding, as well as the people that claim to have harnessed those forces, while also highlighting that God alone held man's destiny in his hand. And what God demanded was not incantations and spells, but rather justice, not potions and formulas, but rather compassion. You must be wholehearted with God your Lord. Bilam then, 
acting in his capacity as sorcerer par excellence, renowned throughout the region as a spellcaster extraordinaire, represented the other opposing reality in direct conflict with the message of the Torah. If he could only succeed in his curse, then Israel and the God of Israel would be vanquished. But God forcefully makes it clear that such will not be the case. It is this fundamental message that is driven home again and again, until by the end of the Parsha, everyone must acknowledge God's supremacy. Let us evaluate the episode of the donkey in light of the above. Recall that the donkey pauses three times at the journey's beginning. First she turns from the path, then she presses Bil'am's leg against the wall, finally she squats and refuses to go on at all. The progression is obvious, but who should have been quicker to interpret the ominous signs of the mission's unfolding failure than Bil'am himself? the master sorcerer and expert augur of omens. And yet, as the ministers of Moab and Bil'am's own attendants look on uneasily, the seer presses forward, oblivious to the obvious. Here God, as it were, addresses Bil'am in his own language, utilizing a vocabulary that should have been easily comprehensible to him. We need look no further than Rashi's interpretation of the related activities of the Agur. He tells us in a passage that forbids the practice, in Vayikra chapter 19, verse 26, that an Agur reads the portents provided by weasels and birds. If a morsel falls from his mouth or a deer crosses his path, then he changes his plans accordingly. What is the episode of the donkey, if not clear and unmistakable evidence to any augur worth his salt that he, that he ought to reconsider his undertaking? Bilam's failure to heed the signs then is a sure indication that for the sorcerer, interpretation of events is entirely arbitrary. It is shaped more than anything else by the vested interest of the sorcerer by his own desire for personal gain. And therefore the Torah dismisses it as harmless falsehood. No wonder the rabbis portrayed Bil'am as a greedy and avaricious operator who initially kept Balak guessing in order to raise the ante. But Bil'am refuses to see, so God then places words in the donkey's mouth or, for the Rambam, inspired thoughts in Bil'am's head making it clear that there is danger ahead, that the mission to curse Israel must be aborted. Again, however, Bilam overlooks the portent, and so now the angel of God addresses him directly, desist or perish. And just as there was a progression within the section of the donkey's reluctance, so too there is a progression from section to section, with each successive passage introducing more pronounced divine disappointment and more heightened divine communication. By the end of the episode, there can be no doubt in Bilam's mind concerning how the mission will end with a complete disarming of his power. 
as he blesses Israel against his will. As Nachmanides so memorably puts it in his commentary to chapter 22, verse 23, the reason for this miracle was to impress upon Bilam that God is the bestower of the power of speech and can even open the mouth of the mute. Certainly, he can also stop up the mouth of those who speak or place in their mouths the word that he wishes them to speak for nothing is beyond his ability. Let not Bilam follow his magical and mysterious practices in order to curse the people. In every generation, there have been no shortage of experts like Bilam, only too ready to pronounce and then to attempt to hasten Israel's demise and doom. The overarching message of our Parsha, however, is singularly upbeat. Israel will prevail and triumph because it is God alone who guides their destiny. When the nation of Israel fulfills his will, they need fear no one's curse. But when they stray from his Torah, all proverbial bets are off. Our Parsha, therefore, constitutes a categorical statement about Israel's special place in the scheme of things. It sets out in no uncertain terms our unique relationship with God and the singular responsibilities that such a relationship implies. As the future becomes murkier and more uncertain, we would do well to internalize the message. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you again for downloading this podcast, a production of the Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies. If you liked what you just heard, please give us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Spotify for the latest episode of Pardes from Jerusalem or by visiting elmod.pardes.org. Tune in next week as Rabbi Alex Israel discusses Parashat Pinchas. Thanks for listening.